This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, the founder of Innovative CX Solutions, a past chairperson of the CXPA, and a practitioner with many years of transforming global operations and designing better customer experiences. Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the All Things Considered CX podcast. I'm your host, Bob Asman, and uh, we're glad to have you back. We've been talking a lot about customer retention, customer loyalty, lifetime value, and a whole bunch of other subjects on recent podcasts. And so I'm really excited to have Emily Gray join us today as she brings a not only a CX perspective, but a customer success perspective to the whole world of customer experience. So Emily Gray, welcome to the podcast and please introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, thank you for having me. So yes, I'm Emily Gray. I'm the Chief Customer Officer at Playbox. So my role is really focusing on creating extraordinary experiences, right? For our customers, like at every touch point that they have with our organization, I lead our customer facing team. So that's customer support, uh, solutions, delivery, and the onboarding, and then our customer success management team. That's great, Emily. And um, I always ask this of my guests because I think it's always fascinating. Rarely, I think, do you hear um, young children say, I want to be up, I want to grow up to be a customer experience professional or a customer success professional. So what what's what's your career path? How did you end up doing this? Yeah, it's still funny when I try to explain to my my young kids what I do, right? Um, right. They're definitely not necessarily learning about that in school. So, you know, I've I got into customer service um, very early in my career, and I've had many different roles. So, kind of early on, I did a lot of kind of the back of the house, which I say, you know, kind of that operations analyst role that um, you're supporting customers, but in that back of the house functionality, and then you know, really moved into that front of the house, um, always with that end goal, like how can you enable customers to better use your product, whatever company I was working at, right? How can you enable customers to better use your product better? And at the end of the day, obtain better outcomes. So um, like I said, I've been in an operations role. I've been in a solutions consulting role, account management, um, which is, you know, really more customer success today now that we're in. And all with those goals of like creating that customer experience and that has changed, like what a good customer experience looks like has changed a lot as well in the last, I'll say 15 years. And then, you know, with a catalyst of the last, you know, three years, just, you know, being just accelerating beyond, I think, where where anyone thought it would go. But, um, you know, really always focus on like creating advocates that, you know, want to use your product, but then want to tell other people about your product. So I think customer service and customer experience could be it's a really broad term, right? And and there's a lot of roles that go into that, um, you know, but I'd say anything where you're interacting with customers, whether you're doing onboarding, whether you're doing, um, you're, you know, a, a, a contact center agent taking calls, um, it's all within that customer customer experience capacity. Um, you know, now you've got that digital component that how do you bring a digital customer experience? And so there's a lot of different roles within this field. Um, I will say too, that many of the roles that I've had, um, were first of its kind, what I like to say, where 
um, you know, you start doing a job and you, you say, you know, hey, there's nobody really to, to do this part of this experience that we need or to take care of the customer in this way. So you just kind of add it to your plate and add it to your plate. And then eventually you've got so much that you say, you know what, we need somebody full time to um, to focus on this. And, you know, I've, I had a solutions consulting role early in my career that um, was kind of net new. I was the first solutions uh, consulting, consult, you know, consultant at the organization I was um, was at. And so I think that's that's what I would like to tell people too, is, is think about the job that not, not that you want, but that nobody even has yet. Right. Because um, there's going to be a need for, for that at an organization in the future. And, and then, you know, you add into the technology and all the changes that we've had, um, you know, post 2020, and then even just this year that some of the technology changes that have become more mainstream. So there's jobs that, um, that are not even on the table yet. There's not even a job rec for, right. Um, and so that's constantly changing. And so that's kind of been my journey. I've, I've, um, it's a lot of different roles, which has really kind of helped round me out and, and how I manage my team today, right, in regards to um, all the different tiers that I have within customer, um, customer success, but it's that support, that onboarding. Um, but I've done a lot of those roles at, at different points in my career and in different capacities. So um, yeah, it brings a really, I think, rounded rounded experience to, to something that, again, all at the end of the day is like, how do you make customer's life easier and um, help your customer. You know, Emily, it's really refreshing to hear you describe your background because you've done those multiple roles. There, there was just a Wall Street Journal article about the CEO and some other members of the executive team of Uber that were actually driving vehicles and interacting yeah. with passengers and hadn't done it before. And 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 I was really impacted by that because I'm an advocate of, you know, experience what your customers are experiencing, but also experience what your employees are going through, because oftentimes they can see the the organization's blemishes sooner than anybody else can. And and having that background that you have where you've done all those roles, that's got to really make you effective as a leader in your current role, because people can't point at you and say, well, you've never done my job. Well, you have, Right. <laughs> right, right. And that, that goes to like the difference of between, you know, like sympathy and empathy, right? So when that a job is hard, or you've got somebody on your team that's going through a situation and um, being able to have actually, you know, that level of empathy for them, and then offer solutions, it also gives you a bit of credibility, right? A bit of credibility among your team of saying, hey, you know what, I might not do this job today, a day to day, and I, you know, never going to kind of experience every single thing that you do, but I've done this in some capacity. And and, you know, here are the experiences that I've had that then you can, you know, I can kind of help translate and, and you know, just be be a, a leader in that in that sense. So it definitely I think credibility is one thing that it it, it brings, um, you know, and how how do you still stay involved? Like it's easy as you as you, you know, kind of grow and manage a team to kind of get out of that. Right. And like forget about the end customer. So for me, it's still really important to go and see our customers. Right. Um, and I would always tell anybody that in the customer experience role, if you haven't sat next to somebody using your product or you haven't been in person talking to a customer about using your product, what they like about it, what they don't like about it, sometimes it's, you know, even more valuable, right? Um, and, and not just your decision maker, right, of, of who's purchasing your product or, you know, signing the contract or whatever that might translate for you, but the actual end user. So in the example you just gave, right, of, of you know, you're sitting and you're driving that car and you're talking to somebody that's in the backseat, right? Um, I always encourage that, like go and see customers and talk to the people that are using the product that you might not get to interact with, you know, in your, in, in any role, right. On a, a day-to-day basis. I think that's just, it, it's just so important and it can offer 
you know, it just helps you be a better leader and it, it helps you give better insight that you can then bring back to, to the organization. And, you know, I think as a customer, anybody in customer experience, right, or customer success, like our job is to bring that back to the other parts of the team. So whether it's finance, product and engineering, marketing, you know, sales, you know, there's there's a mix of people that, you know, you could say all those roles interact with customers as well. They're all, all um, in some capacity. But, you know, mm -hmm. as a customer experience executive and a leader, you know, or a team member that's really focused on the end customer, you know, that's what I always tell my team. Like, it's our job to filter that back. And, you know, a lot of organizations say customer first, which is something we do too, right? Um, because that's how it should be. Um, but it's our job to make sure that that is permeated through the entire organization is like customer first. And you only get that on all those different and all those different roles if you really do know what the customer is going through and you, you know, kind of have that, have that cadence with them. So I can't stress that enough is, you know, talk to customers. I try to talk to a customer every single day, um, and, you know, in any capacity, right. Whether it's um, helping my team with someone or a one-on-one -on -one call, um, that's, that's kind of my goal. It doesn't always happen every day, but that's what I, that's kind of a, a goal that I have. Um, and, and for my team too, right. Like we should be talking to customers every single day and then taking that knowledge and sharing it. Um, because that's how you make the customer experience better, right? So, absolutely. And by the way, Emily, before we go too much farther, because I want to unpack some of the things you just mentioned, but before we go too much farther, tell us a little bit more about what Playbox does. Yeah. So, Playbox is, if you're not familiar with it, it's a cloud native, like digital first software. So, we help manage and empower our customers' workforce. So, what that means is we provide solutions to contact centers all across the world that then help schedule um, their agents, they complete quality assurance, they train, they coach, they motivate their agents. So our customers, the customers of Playbox are in the customer experience industry. So what that means is, um, you know, one of the unique things about my role is I'm able to see the view as working with our customers who they're then focused on customer experience. They're delivering, you know, focused on kind of delivering those exceptional customer experiences and customer outcomes, right? They've got agents that are talking to customers on a day-to-day basis, their, you know, their metrics are CSAT, their metrics are, um, you know, making sure that their end customers are having a good experience. And then on turn, you know, myself leading a customer success team, um, focused on all those same metrics. So I have a, you know, I definitely don't take that for granted. Um, it, I have a very unique view of the, the world of customer experience, um, given that, you know, that's the industry that Playbox is in, as well as, you know, my role, like having that team. Excellent. So, <clears throat> Something you said, and, and we'll certainly talk more about Playbox as we go, something you said really kind of uh, was intriguing. You said, unless you're sitting next to your customer, knowing how the product works, and, and setting aside the pandemic for, for just a minute, where yeah. travel wasn't allowed and all that kind of stuff, I, I just think that's so unique. And maybe maybe I've got a tainted perspective here, but why don't you think more leaders um, don't do that. Why aren't more leaders visiting customers? And and when I'm consulting with with organizations, oftentimes I'll say, "When was the last time you sat with a customer or talked to a customer?" And many times the leaders haven't done it. What do you think is mm -hmm. preventing them from that? Because you're certainly doing it as a as an executive and a leader, so you've got the formula down. Yeah, you know, I think I think it's well, customers in my job title, right? So it's like kind of a non-negotiable for me. I think for others that, um, you know, there's just a lot of priorities, right? Competing priorities, competing um, things, and it can get it can get lost. And I think it's something that if you're not really intentional about, and 
um, you know, planning, you know, and travel and getting customers to get that commitment, right? There's a lot of steps that have to go into that process. So it's how do you just be really, really intentional about um, about making that happen? And, and you know, again, for me, like, um, and a lot of folks, right, whether you're a director of, of customer operations or a director of, um, or a VP of customer experience, right? You've got customer in your title. And so you're probably getting a view of that role of, you know, what customers are saying. And even if it is like kind of filtered up, right, you're kind of hearing that more. Um, but for those that, that you know, customer experience is, is not just a, a problem within one department, right? Or a, a goal or a metric that's within one department. It's something that um, everyone in an organization needs to be thinking about like at every single level. And some, some companies do that really, really well. And um, I think, you know, to your question, I think people, um, there's competing priorities, right? There's, there's sidetracks um, that happen. And, uh, you know, there's that, that concept of like, leave an empty chair in the room, right? For your customer. And, you know, making sure that the customer is in every conversation and every situation. So I think it's just being really, really intentional. And, and that might look different for everyone in a lot of different organizations. We try to share, um, you know, customer stories across our team internally. Um, you know, whether it's that in all hands or, you know, it's that for how our product has maybe impacted somebody's life on a, a day-to-day basis, right? So it's like, you know, there's going to be different um, different compelling factors for everyone that really brings them closer to a customer. So if I'm an engineer, um, I might never have a chance to talk with a customer, right? I'm, I'm a uh, software engineer, but if I see or I hear a story that a customer really loves a feature that I worked on, that can be really, really motivating and really compelling. And it's just bringing the customer back to the conversation. So I think that it's just, how do you be intentional about that? Um, you know, and, and making sure that you have brought customers into the organization and, um, you know, for, for everybody, right? And again, that's gonna look a little bit different, right? How do you get an engineer, a software engineer to relate with a customer versus how do you get somebody in accounts payable to relate to a customer? Um, because everybody, let's be realistic, everybody can't go and sit next to a customer. Um, but at an executive level, like it should be happening and probably um, probably more than than any of us do, I, I think, right? Any of us would want to want to admit. So yeah, it's it's um really fascinating to hear you to hear you talk about that. I I do some executive education at Rutgers, and one of the courses I teach is customer experience to engineers. And they say the exact thing you just said. I'm a software engineer. I don't touch the customer. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know why I'm taking this customer experience module. And and I think to myself, oh, my gosh, we have to change something here when a software engineer doesn't think they touch the customer because everything (laughs) they produce, right, touches the customer. (laughs) And, And after we get through the module, there is kind of a conversion that takes place where they say, oh, I get it now. You know, I, I always thought of the people that are touching the customer as sales or marketing or customer service, but, you know, you might be indirectly or not on the front line, but everything you do as a software engineer makes a difference in the customer experience. Yeah, that that's right. And like I said, I think it's going to be different for every department. So as a customer experience leader, so if you're leading a customer experience team, you know, how do you, like I said, like permeate that through the organization and it's, you know, how you might relate to a software engineer is going to be completely different than how you might relate to a CSM, right? So you might be talking about like feature functionality versus relationship building. And, and so I think that as an executive leading, um, 
you know, we're a leader of a, a customer experience team. Um, you know, how do you get those conversations to happen internally and just, you know, give, give a customer, like I said, give a customer a seat at your table and, and, um, you know, get your teams to just really like rally around that. And that's where when you're able to do that, that's where people really align with like your vision, right. Um, and making, um, you know, whether you're making products or you're, um, you know, pushing out, if you're a software engineer, right. Kind of pushing out code or whatever you're doing. Right. But really aligning around that vision of your organization and then that that kind of end customer and giving that customer like a persona um, is sometimes really helpful, right? So we met, um, I had the, I'll say pleasure and honor and, you know, all the things to go and meet with a customer last year in person. And it was, um, it was really one of the first, it was in Europe and it was one of the first customers that um, since the pandemic that we were able to like truly kind of sit down with, it was at the beginning of the year. Um, and I was able to sit next to a young woman who was using our product every single day. And it was just, for me, even like, it, it was just so amazing to see this, you know, talk to this woman that, um, that was just in our software, in our solution and talking about like, just the impact that it's made on her day and like relate that. So, um, you know, I won't share her name here, but, um, but, you know, I kind of took that back to our team internally and, um, and I shared her story, right. And gave her, and, you know, used her name. And so it's more than just, Hey, the user of our product or like our customer, our customer, but like the customers. And again, so you could translate this to whatever, whether you're B2B or B2C or, um, you know, whatever products that you're selling, right. There's still a person that's buying them, um, and using them. And so I think being able to say, you know, Hey, you know, to my team internally, right. Again, those people that don't have a chance to, to think about, um, or, or, you know, to talk to customers on a daily basis, but to say, hey, here's the story of this this woman. Um, this is her story. This is her. Here's a picture of her, right? And this is how she was using our product. And this is how it made an impact on her so that you, you know, when, you, when you're when you developing those solutions or you're sending out invoices and, or you're, if you're in legal and you're looking at a contract, whatever you're doing, um, you know, you're kind of relating that more to a person. And I've seen, I've seen some other brands, um, you know, some, some B2C brands that have also done that really well. Like they've kind of give their, their customers personas. And some of that is internal language too, right? Um, you know, and you should kind of share those stories internally. Um, and I think that's a big part of it when you talk about marketing, right? And marketing your customers and marketing that customer experience. A lot of that is, you know, how do you do that really successfully internally too? Um, you know, so that people, not just, you know, you're not just doing case studies for, for uh, prospects or potential clients, right? You're doing case studies internally. So people, people really can relate, um, you know, to the customer and, and like, I'll tell you, like, it does make a difference, right? It makes a difference if you've got that, that person, um, you know, that, that is using your product um, and you can, you know, kind of put that in, in perspective. So one of the other things I did just kind of lastly on that is at a, we had a internal meeting and um, I pulled how many users we had right on our product at that given day at that given time um, that were logged into our product and so into Playbox and um, and I found a stadium um, uh, I think it was a cricket stadium and that housed that many that sat that many people right that how many users we had at that time in our product so you know I think when as much as you can relate to people and say like you know it's like oh yes we have customers customers. But like these are this these are actual people that are sitting. Think about this stadium, and I had a picture of the stadium up on the screen. If you think about the stadium, this is full right now of all the people across the world that are using 
using Playbox, right? That they are uh, dependent on Playbox to get their job done. And the people in this room, right, the Playbox employees, like we're all powering all these people to do their jobs. So um, I think as much as you can, you know, really put a personalization around it. And like I said, I'll go say this like repeatedly, like it's going to look different for every organization. I wish there was a, a playbook to say at this, or at, at, you know, at your organization, this might work. Um, but, you know, so I think for a leader, again, like you've got to figure out how do you, how do you speak to, to your team members to really, you know, get that customer experience um, across. And once you do, it will be like, it's a game changer. I think when people kind of realize, you know, what it, what it really means to be customer first and what it really means to like, let your customer have a seat at the table. That's so true. And, and what I love about what you're doing is you're not just words, you're taking action and, and that's so important because a lot of times it's, you know, it's a little bit like lip service, right? It's, it sounds good to say we're putting the customer at the table, but then the customer's never there or we never had time to do it. And you're really doing that. And, and I think that's so important. You talked about visiting customers. What, what are you hearing from customers? What, what's, are there trends, themes, things that you're hearing from customers um, as of late uh, as they as we emerge from the pandemic and and all the other things that are swirling around in the markets right now. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot, right? Um, I think one of the things that's that's true right now is that expectations, customer expectations, remain high, right? And so this is you know again, um, depend, no matter what industry you're in, like at the end of the day, like customer expectations are high. Every interaction matters. Um, you know, keeping customers is very important right now as well, no matter kind of what business you're in, right? You really want to like wrap your hands around customers. So that's definitely something we're seeing. Um, and we saw, you know, for, for us to kind of like that end user um, customer, our customers, customers, right? Looking at that perspective, um, you know, many of our customers saw in, in early 2020 that like customer expectations, their customers, you know, kind of that consumer, they were high, but what we're, we're seeing is that they haven't subsided. So consumers are expecting fast, efficient service and often have more, much more complex inquiries. And in turn, that makes the, the agent, um, uh, the customer, customer care agent um, or the customer service representative, right? That makes their job more difficult. Um, a lot of advancement and a lot of our customers, um, you know, are using more automated technology, right? Chatbots and um, interactive virtual assistants and things like that. But what happens is, you know, when you do that deflection and containment in that IVR or IVA or, or chatbot, um, it drives that, you know, those more complicated interactions to agents. And so, um, you know, how do you continue to provide that fast, efficient service um, to, to customers when those agents are getting more complex interactions? So, you know, it kind of goes into the training for the agents, the coaching for the agents, what, how that looks different. Um, you know, and what, you know, the people that are, you know, talking to your customers, how do you train and support them differently? Um, one of the big things I'll say, the second thing is that customer experience is definitely becoming a revenue driver. And, you know, before I think we kind of sat in the cost, uh, cost center, right. Um, but cost savings are essential, no matter what business you're in right now, cost savings are essential. And so looking at CX as a revenue driver versus, um, again, that cost center, like that is a trend we're absolutely seeing. And so, our customers are trying to optimize teams, um, you know, ensure success with the agents you have. I, 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 the phrase like do more with less is what we're hearing. I don't like that phrase because really that means 
um, put more work on a, on the same amount of people, right? <laughs> right. And so it's, you know, like I, I always kind of caution that, but it's like, how do you actually prioritize, right? So instead of having a list of 10 things that five people are going to do, you've got a list of, you know, five things or six things that those those people are going to do, right? So it's it's not necessarily do more with less. It's really like ruthless prioritization. Um, we're seeing that with customers as well. I think a big piece is like, you know, having the right people in the right place at the right time to take those interactions is really, really important. Um, and then, you know, like I mentioned, the coaching, like always taking it back to the person, like, how do you provide relevant coaching as close to the event as possible? How do you have the tools, the automation in place to help, you know, really your agents succeed? Um, I think another piece of that is, um, is data. You know, if you kind of think about five years ago, um, you know, we had all this data and big data was like a really hot word, right? And you had all this data about customers and customers at some point, they didn't like that, right? They said like, how do you know so much about me? Um, and so we, you know, that was, a, that was a sensitive line. I think a lot of organizations had to play is they didn't want, you know, to come across as we have got all this data about you um, because the customers were still a bit weary about that. But now what we're seeing is they know that we've got all their data. So now they expect us to use it. They expect us to know, um, you know, what brands they like. They expect us to know the time that they like to interact. They expect us to know the channel. They expect, they expect you know, companies that they're interacting with to have all the context of, Hey, I, I you know contacted you six months ago, and um, this is what happened, right? They expect all of that. They don't want to repeat themselves, and so what in turn, what happens is an agent now, right? They're they're expected to be able to have that data, um, and then or a consumer expects an agent to have that data, and so I think that's a trend too that we're seeing with our customers is um, how do they get that data to the agent in a relevant way? So that they can have meaningful conversations with an, with a customer, right? Um, there's sometimes so much data, but being able to like really tee up the best data that's going to provide the best um, experience for that customer, I think is really, really important. So we're seeing that um, that with customers, but again, it all goes back to the agent. How do you provide, how do you make sure you got the right people in the place at the right time? How do you provide relevant coaching? Um, <clears throat> excuse me, coaching is something that <clears throat> we've just seen. Um, you know, I think has become more and more prevalent over the last um, the last 12 to 18 months. And I think we'll we'll see that here as well as um, especially a lot of a lot of our customers are, you know, looking at AI, you know, they've, they've got some AI solutions in place. They don't really know how they want to use it. They know they need it. Right. Um, and so that's probably a whole a whole nother <laughs> series we could talk about is, is AI and what that means for some of our customers and and. Um, and the journey that they're having with that. But that's, you know, those are some of the, I'll, I'll say kind of top things and, and to round it out is um, CSAT continues to be like important for our customers, right? Um, it's balancing those customer expectations again with the operational efficiencies that that they're trying to get. So it's a, it's a, not an easy, easy job, I think for anybody that's kind of in a, a CX leader and a CX role right now of, you know, how do you balance great customer experience with creating operational efficiencies, potentially cutting costs, still having tools and solutions needed to support your agents, support your customers, um, you know, all with you know, creating a great, a great work environment. There's a lot of, there's a lot, right? A lot coming at um, this industry. I think, you know, personally, I think that this industry saw some of the most changes from, um, there's probably, you know, kind of a, a couple others we could put in that mix, but definitely, um, in the top there of, of saw some of the most changes from 
um, the events of 2020 and like some of the catalysts. And there's a lot of data to support that of just, you know, the number of interactions and um, and how people interact, you know, kind of like I was saying, and what, what they expect. Um, you know, those trends were, were going in that direction, um, but it's just the last three years have just been an absolute catalyst for, um, you know, getting to us, you know, to where we are today. So. It's, uh, I, I think everything you've said is what I'm hearing as well. And you're right. We probably could spend another podcast just talking <laughs> about AI, um, but your, your approach about, you know, it's got to change from thinking of it as a cost center to a revenue center is so imperative. And I, I talked to so many um, CX practitioners like yourself that are, you know, trying to prove the value of customer experience. And I keep going back to the fact that it has to be culturally a shift in mindset that says this can generate profit and revenue. It doesn't have to be cost. And then to your very valid point, but there is a balance there. And so um, I, I just sometimes think the pendulum swings one way or the other. We're either cutting all the costs, as we saw with customer experience during the pandemic, or we're swinging the other way where we're investing in it and, and not considering the cost element. So uh, very, very um, important comments that you made. Um, Emily, the, the last thing I ask all my, this, our time just flew by and I, I really appreciate your time today. Um, uh, the last question I ask, um, all of our guests is any final words of wisdom, but you've had so many great words of wisdom for our podcast. I'm not sure you have any left, but just in case I'll ask that same question. If you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners. You know, I think, um, thanks. I appreciate that. Yes. It's been a, yeah, time has flown. I think that at the end of the day, a great employee experience translates to a great customer experience. And, you know, that concept of, you know, AX equals CX, and I strongly believe in that, um, you know, we've got, you know, for me personally, I've got, you know, a fantastic team of um, within my customer success team and, you know, having a good employee experience for those individuals within my team um, absolutely translate to a great customer experience. So as much as, um, you know, your customer experience is really important, it all is very intertwined, right? So making sure that the folks that are talking to your customers, the folks that are solving their problems that are, um, you know, kind of on the front lines, like I like to say, making sure that they're having a good experience absolutely will translate to customer experience. And that's something that you can measure, right? So anything that you can measure, um, anything that kind of brings data to customer lifetime value um, always is, is really, really relevant. So it's a, it's a great concept of kind of that employee experience equals great customer experience. Well, Emily, this has been great. And those are additional words of wisdom. Um, I really appreciate your time today, uh, listeners. Uh, Emily Gray from Playvox. Emily, how can our listeners get a hold of you if they want to learn more, not only yeah. about Playvox, but some of your leadership principles? Yeah, definitely. Feel free to um, follow Playvox on LinkedIn. Um, send us a message there. We've got a chat within our website. So if somebody wants to um, chat directly with our team. You can um, chat with us at playbox.com. Um, definitely you can find me on LinkedIn. I always love um, talking and connecting with people within this industry. So um, at all different different levels and um, locations throughout the world. So absolutely don't be shy. Um, you know, Just drop me a note on LinkedIn. Let me know that you, you listened here and I'd be happy to connect with you there. That's great. <clears throat> Emily Gray from Playbox, thank you for joining the podcast and Listeners, this has been another episode of the All Things Considered CX podcast. I'm your host, Bob Asman. As always, 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your networks and listen to my colleagues across the CXFM radio network for other great podcasts. Until our next episode, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of All Things Considered, CX. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues. Subscribe to our show, follow me on LinkedIn, and visit my website at InnovativeCX.com for more insights on creating better experiences. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, and visit CXofM.org for more resources.